Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Annette Franz. Welcome, Annette. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. This is going to be a good one. So am I. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Annette, you are the founder and CEO of CX Journey. You have 30 years experience on both the client side and on the vendor side, helping companies understand their employees and their customers to drive retention, satisfaction, engagement, and really the overall experience. You've authored two books on CX. You're invited to speak at conferences and private events, as well as to author articles on authoritative publications, and you are a credentialed CCXP. So Annette, on this episode, I'm really looking forward to discussing with you the four key steps to improve the customer experience from the inside out. And I can't wait to get into that. Yes. But first, let's begin with your backstory. Tell us your backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Well, it's not a very exciting one. <laughs> I this, I always share this. You know, when I grew up, I grew up on a farm in Ohio, and I wanted to be a veterinarian. That was my that was my goal. I'm going to be a veterinarian, and that did not happen for a variety of reasons. Not the least of which is that chemistry is my kryptonite, and there is a massive requirement for chemistry in uh, in the you know pre vet uh, program. But um, so I moved out here to uh, Southern California and was looking at a newspaper and found a job listing for J.D. Power and Associates. This was uh, 1992 and I loved math. I loved writing. And I was like, this is perfect. Market research takes into account both of those things. And, you know, basically the rest is history, right? I was there for five years and over the course of the last 30 years have spent, like you said, time on both the vendor side and on the client side, working on uh, customer experience strategy work, anything from customer understanding to culture, to employee experience, all of it. Right. So, so it's been quite a fun ride and it's been really interesting to see how this customer experience profession has evolved over the last 30 years. Yeah, I love the fact that you, your your background includes both the the client side, the corporate side, the brand side, yeah. and the uh, the agency side. So you've got you know both perspectives, both lenses, and that's yeah. extremely valuable. Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, you've you've authored two books, and I know that you're really big on what we're going to discuss today. So let's get into it, and that is the four steps to improving customer experience from the inside out. And of course, I know you're going to unpack that. Yes. And so let me just list what they are and then we'll get into it. You list the four key pillars as culture, leadership, commitment and alignment, employee experience, and then customer understanding. So why don't we begin, of course, with the first one, culture. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And and I'll, I'll actually take a step back a little bit too and talk about why I talk about inside out when one of the principles in my book, Built to Win, which has 10 foundational principles for designing a customer-centric culture, one of those principles is, inside, uh, is outside in thinking and doing, not inside out thinking and doing. But what I'm, what my point here is really about, we need to take a look at what's happening on the inside so that we can fix what's happening on the outside for the customer. And really that's, you know, those 10 foundational principles are a lot of where, whatever I focus on in those 10 principles is what's happening within the organization. Um, but we obviously want to bring the, bring the uh, customer and the customer voice into that. But so the first one is culture. Culture is really the foundation of the organization. It's the foundation of everything that we do. It's it's how we do things around here. Um, I, I think it's best defined as core values plus behaviors. And we need to you know define those core values and socialize them and operationalize them and, and, and make sure that we have some customer driven core values as well. Um, it's really important that when we have those core values that we define um, the associated behaviors with them, what's, what are appropriate and what are inappropriate behaviors with regard to each core value. So people really understand what those core values mean. Um, and again, like I said, customer driven core values are really important because they help employees understand what's right and what's wrong. And I love to use the example of a client that had some issues with we'll just call them trust issues, right? The employees were constantly butting heads with customers and constantly thinking that customers were just out to get things, just out to get freebies and all of that. And so we took a look at their core values and we took a look at the culture and how things are done around there. And one of the things that we knew that was missing was something around customer trust. And so we actually added a core value called customer trust mm. and we defined it we let people know what that means in terms of behaviors, both appropriate and inappropriate associated and ones we don't want to see with regards to that. And I followed up with the, you know, we socialize that, we operationalize that. And I followed up with the client a few months later and I said, you know, how are things going? And she said, you know, it's just easy. Everybody just knows what they need to do and how we do it. So that's the importance of having a great culture, right? Is because it's how we do things around here. And people just know, like I said, what's right and what's wrong. And so, um, so just defining and designing a customer centric culture is really what we want here, right? We get the culture that we design or the one that we allow, and we're going to design it <laughs> to deliberately be customer centric. And that's, and I've, I've actually, Annette, I've actually heard you use the synonym DNA, like it's in their yeah. DNA. Absolutely. Yeah, it flows through flows through the DNA of your organization. That is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when you made that phone call, I assume it was a phone call or Zoom call, whatever, um, you were talking to a leader. So that takes us to really to that second step, right? Leadership commitment and alignment. Why don't you speak to that one? Yeah, you know, a couple of from a couple of different angles here. So we need leadership commitment. They've got to be committed to designing and, you know, designing and deliberately having this customer centric culture. And it can't just be the CEO. It can't just be leaders in some departments. Otherwise, if we've got this, you know, disjointed culture, we've got this disjointed experience ultimately for employees and then for customers as well. And so, so we need leadership commitment and that commitment is important so that we get the resources, whether it's time, it's financial, it's capital, it's human, whatever it is to do the work that we need to do to make sure that 
our customers have a great experience, but we also need their commitment to the success of this work, right? To the success of, of you know, transforming this culture to one that's customer centric. Um, so we need that. And then we need alignment across the leadership team. Again, if we don't have everybody on board, it's going to be a disjointed culture for employees. It's going to be a disjointed experience and then it'll be a disjointed experience for customers. What about well. cross-functional alignment? So the people don't think that it's a siloed thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we need leaders across the board. We need every leader from every different um, department aligned on what it means to be customer centric and how we're going to uh, how we're going to deliver on that promise of being a customer centric organization. So absolutely. It is by by definition, by nature, a customer centric culture is a collaborative one because, again, it's flowing through the DNA of the organization We're we're sharing information with each other. We're working together for a common uh, goal, a common outcome, which is a great experience for our customers. iCore's unified desktop technology can neatly bundle multiple applications, tools, and screens into one simple user interface. Launch relevant applications based on agent profiles. Automatically display corresponding scripts and customer interaction history, making it easy to deliver an exceptional customer experience at any scale. Smile with iCore. Learn more at iCore.com. Then the third one is employee experience. And I have to frame this up in sort of a question that's been sort of an ongoing debate and love to get your perspective on that. Yeah. And that is, you know, which is more important, the employee or the customer? And in the context of the employee experience, how would you respond to that? Well, it's employees first, right? Employees more first is, I love that quote from Hal Rosenbluth when he was questioned about where do employees fall? And he said, well, if we're going to put customers first, that means we're going to put employees more first because we don't have employees who design the products, build the products, sell the products, service the products, deliver the products. You know, if we don't have that, then we've got nothing, right? So we right. employees do need to come first. And there's a ton of research out there to show that the employee experience does drive the customer experience. So absolutely employees more first and really focusing on making sure that they have a great experience. And, and that experience, I define that in, as the soft stuff and the hard stuff, where the soft stuff is this, um, uh, you know, the things that we think about, hopefully, when we think about employee experience. So it's, you know, leadership that's, that cares about the people, that there's open and transparent communication. We've got career pathing and career planning. We're empowered. We know how the work that we do impacts the business and the customer and everything else. But then it's also the hard stuff, the tools, the, the processes, the policies, the workspace, the workplace, everything that we, we need to serve our customers. And I love to always share this quote from an employee. When I first go out to start work, working with a with a new client I'll interview their executive team their employees and a sampling of customers and I had an employee tell me a couple of years ago they said we don't have the tools the resources the policies are outdated the processes are broken so we can't serve our customers the way that they deserve to be served and that was such a powerful thing to hear from yeah. employees right that obviously they get it and they know what they need a, to have a great experience and B, to do just that, serve customers the way that they deserve to be served. So when I heard that, that was sort of validation for me that, yeah, absolutely, employee experience drives customer experience. You can give me all the research and all the data on that that you want, but to have that come from employees' mouths to actually say that, you know, game yeah. changing right there. So Yeah. <laughs> and it, it reinforces the point that if you don't have a great employee experience, then you can't deliver great customer service, great customer experience. That has to be number one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
The fourth one is a little perplexing, customer understanding. Now, why would I say that that's perplexing, Annette? Well, it seems obvious. Like, why would an organization want to really focus on and be passionate about customer understanding? Yeah. And it's also perplexing because it's not necessarily inside out or you're, you know, that think taking a look at things from the inside to see how we fix things from the outside. I, I, I lump this with the other three because first of all, to define a customer centric culture, to define a customer centric organization, I always say no discussions, no decisions, no designs without bringing in that customer voice, without asking how will this impact her? How will it make her feel? What value will it deliver for her? You know, those kinds of things. This is a this is sort of a two sided one, right? So this is outside in bringing bringing that outside voice in, but it's also about when we do that work, how do we use it, right? How what do we do internally with what we hear from our customers? How do we use that data? How do we use that feedback? How do we use um, the personas internally to make sure that that our employees are informed and educated about the customer, who the customer is, and and what the desired experience is. Um, how do we take you know the work that we've done for journey mapping and, and service blueprinting and all of those kinds of things and use that internally? How do we share it? How do we close the loop internally? How do we use it to coach employees? How do we use how do we use that to really build out that customer centric culture and then in turn design uh, and deliver a better experience for our customers? Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, Annette, when we framed up this conversation, we said, all right, it, it's the four steps to improve customer experience from the inside out. But I've heard you reference 10 steps. So maybe you can kind of give us the context for that. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in my book, Built to Win, which was just released um, earlier this year, I, I had 10 foundational principles of a customer-centric organization. And really the, the first three that we talked about are the first three principles in the book. Customer understanding is the cornerstone is another principle in the book. Um, I also talk about um, people before products, people before profit, and people before metrics uh, as three of those principles. I do talk about outside-in thinking and doing versus inside-out thinking and doing. So that's really important, obviously, bringing in um, that customer perspective and, and doing things with that customer perspective always in mind rather than saying, I think I know the customer, or I, I think the customer wants this, or I think, right? It's always, I know, because I know, because we've done the work to know who our customers are and, and what their expectations are. Um, and then the last one, I think I've, I think I may have talked about nine of them already. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh no, there's two other ones. One of them is around governance. Governance is the, the structure and the, and the, the committees and the operating model of how we, how we go about designing and delivering a better experience and, and how we work together as an organization to do that and to break down the silos and, and have those cross-functional teams working together to toward that you know common goal of improving the experience. And then the last uh, the last principle is around um, the platinum rule. The platinum rule rules is the last one. And that is around treating others the way that they want to be treated versus the golden rule, which is treat others the way that you want to be treated. And you and I probably have different expectations about how we want to be treated. And so therefore the platinum rule is all about treating you the way you want to be treated, not treating you the way that I want to be treated. And I think it's a very important distinction. And that's really what 
being customer centric. And it's really about that outside in thinking and doing that is, is really critical. So, so those are the 10 foundational principles and they're really important. And I think a lot of people don't think about a customer centric organization that way. And so the purpose of that book was really to, um, to get people to inspire people to think differently about what a customer centric organization really looks like and what it entails. So I have to ask you, Annette, in, in your travels, physical travel notwithstanding, but in your work with, with clients yeah. over the past many, many years, what are you seeing now in the world of customer experience strategy? To what extent are brands really embracing and enacting these principles? Yeah. You know, it's a mixed bag, sadly, and it's it's even more challenging today than it ever was. You know, I was starting to see progress um, before the pandemic. During the pandemic, during the heat of the pandemic, right, we started to see people really go from, oh, my gosh, you know, all my CX friends were getting laid off or repurposed to, okay, we need customer insights. We need to really understand what's going on with customers and why they're buying what they're buying and what they're doing and those kinds of things. And then the shift to the focus on the employees and the employee experience became a real thing during um, the heart of their heat of the pandemic, right? And so, so started to see more of that coming about. And now it feels like it's starting to fall apart again. <laughs> you know, I've heard more stories about bad customer experiences. I've heard more stories about bad employee experiences. And it's all just sort of bubbling back up to where we were years ago. And like I said, I felt like we had been making progress before the pandemic. And in the early days, it was a little dicey, but now it's just, it's yeah, it's a mixed bag out there. But the companies that have that actually prior to um, the pandemic had had this down. I mean, companies like you think about companies like Zappos and Ritz Carlton and, and those companies that you think about that are that are customer centric. Um, once you've established that, once you have that foundation, right, it doesn't go away. It's what gets you through um, right. those hard times. Right. So that's the that's the key. And so I think there are a lot of companies um, struggling today because they weren't right. set up for that prior. Well, the good thing is there's a lot of people out there in the marketplace that need to buy your book and work with you to help them uh, commit to that. Because uh, to your point, um, there's there's definitely room for improvement. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, Annette, where would you like to uh, send people to, before we get to the fun question, where would you like okay. to send people to, to connect with you and just learn more about uh, you, your services, your books, et cetera? Yeah, well, I with um, with the launch of my latest book, I rolled out a new website, AnnetteFranz.com. So I'm excited to drive people there and, and have a look at books and some of the work that I'm doing. Um, or, you know, CX-Journey is my, what I'll call my corporate site, and that is still alive and well. And, and I'm always happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. I've met so many great people on LinkedIn, made some really cool connections and, and made some friends, met some clients, all of that. So always happy to connect with folks that way. That's great. Well, those that are watching on video can see that scrolling down along the bottom. Those that are listening, just scroll down on your podcast player and it'll be linked up in the show notes. And that we have a tradition here on the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. We always want to know before we let you go, when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? Mm. 
Well, um, there are a couple things that I like to do. So, and it's all, it's mostly outdoorsy, right? Like I, I love to work out. I'm very active, but, um, love to, uh, paddle boarding, hiking, mountain biking, just being outdoors, right? Being near the water, on the water, um, out in the, out in the woods, you know, whether it's hiking or mountain biking or whatever. So yeah, those are the kinds of things that I love to do for fun. Well, you live in a beautiful part of the country to do that, Southern California. (laughs) So so, uh, it's great that you get to enjoy that. That's fantastic. Well, Annette, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to just spend some time with me here on this episode of the Digital Irresistible Podcast. Uh, These four steps to improve the customer experience from the inside out. uh, Very enlightening, very, very thought-provoking. I think uh, you give a lot of uh, leaders in companies, a lot to think about. And I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom, your insights, your experience with us here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a topic that I could talk about for days. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.